Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And welcome back. Hour two, top of the day, top of the midday, lunchtime, bean time, noontime. We are here on KMOX 50,000 watts. Uh, following the KMOX Home Improvement Show, we've got your retirement professionals coming up at 1 o'clock. 2 o'clock, the business of family business. Now for the next hour, the Home Improvement Show. All phone lines open for you right here on KMOX. 314, <clears throat> excuse me, 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900 uh, puts us together and I promise to give you my very best answers had a great first hour uh, questions uh, ranging uh, mostly from moisture migration um, how to heat the house fireplace uh, and uh, the, one of the last ones here was uh, Mary called in with a concrete statue that had kind of uh, sloped a little bit well uh, keep in mind uh, Mother Nature is moving everything all the time. You, I mean, if you if you doubt that, think about the mountains and the erosion, where uh, oceans come from, where the Grand Canyon comes from. That's just mostly wind, believe it or not, wind and driving particulate matter, the sand. Uh, golly, I mean, if you doubt whether Mother Nature is turning us all back into dust, yeah, just come back in another thousand years, see how we're doing, see where all the houses we've built, whether they're temporary or permanent, uh, because our structural methods of construction here in the U.S., we're a new, younger con- country, you know, we're 250 years old-ish, uh, and uh, the, the issue is we have lots of natural resources. Every country has abundant natural resources. Uh, over in the Mediterranean, it's all stone. So everything's made out of stone. You go to Rome, and that stuff is stone and then plaster how to cover that up. Uh, the streets are made of stone. All the sewers and the drainage and the, the curbs and the, cur- uh, the cuts in the street for drainage is all stone. Then you go up to, say, Vancouver up in Canada, and it's a forestry area. And all of a sudden, you wind up with all these beautiful frame wood structures with phenomenal carpentry skills and fine wood trim. And then you come to the U.S., we've got it all. We've got natural stone. We have uh, forestry lumber products. Uh, We have man-made things. Uh, Concrete is abundant. Uh, Energy is abundant so we can make our cement uh, for the clinker, the very energy-intensive parts of uh, of making cement, which goes into concrete, which is one of the things that mixes that up and creates plaster and uh, brick mortar and all that stuff. The point being that uh, all of the building technology methods, materials, are draw- driven largely by whatever uh, the local craftsman had easily and readily available to them uh for example a sod hut you know out in uh during the expansion of uh, westward expansion uh jefferson uh national uh, uh acquisition if you will uh bought most of the west all we have all these settlers coming in and all they had was grass and dirt and dung you know from buffaloes you know buffalo so they started making sod huts well lo and behold you know a sod hut you make the thing 12 14 inches thick you get up to the top and then you figure out however you do the best method you can to build a roof 
those things were pretty doggone um, isolated and insulated. So they basically built above-ground caves out of the natural material or resource they had uh, and learned to make the best of it uh, with the sand and the straw. Uh, Many of those um, immigrants and settlers came from abroad Europe, and as they came to the U.S., they brought with them many of those trade skills, and that's kind of where some of that resilience came from. Uh, Anyway, so long and the short of it is, that's where uh, hour one, we talked about all kinds of building materials um, from pest control, mice droppings, wood fireplaces, how to flue line that thing, uh, ridge vents, whether they leak or not, concrete statue had sloped. Well, you cut down the tree, the tree dies, just like Mary had dialed in. You know, then the roots start to rot and that soil settles and all of a sudden her three, four foot tall statue that she's uh, grown accustomed to, kind of like a member of the family, all of a sudden kind of tipping over. Well, you know, after a few decades, I start tipping over a little bit myself. So off we go then into the classic stone chimney. Um, Joanne had, or Joan had a really nice house built in 54, brick bungalow with a stone uh, fireplace. Well, that was an upgrade. That's, that is a well-built house. In 1954, you have a brick house with stone fireplace. I promise you, that was the cutting edge, and all the best building methods and materials went into that house. Well, she has a problem with plaster, as do thousands of you out there. So those of you listening in are aware of that. The plaster on the ceiling then touches the framing material on the ceiling, which is touching the stone. And the stone gets wet, rains, I mean, just humidity in the summer. And then you get things called vapor drive, which is a real zippy word or term to say, you know, it it tries to dry itself out. So moisture goes from high concentration to low. Duh. You know, it dries itself. So whatever side is the driest, that's where the moisture moves. Well, it moves into the house because now this time we're running all these furnaces. The inside of our houses are very dry. Uh, Even on the outside when it's relatively dry, you know, 35, 45 relative humidity outside, you know, gosh, inside it's 20, you know, 17 uh, maybe 30 if you're lucky, and we'll get a little bit into uh, humidifiers too because those of you going through these uh, heating seasons, uh, humidifiers, which means adding moisture into the air, uh, for those of you uh, that don't quite know what I'm talking about, uh, electrostatic shock, you know, when you're walking across the floor and you touch the door or window and you get that zap or the light switch zap, well, that's what that's about. That's about the air being so dry that it will not conduct electricity through the moisture in it, which we, you know, in St. Louis, I promise you in the summer, you never have that situation. There's so much humidity, it's conducting electricity all the time. And what that means is not that you're going to get painfully zapped. It means you're not going to get painfully zapped because all of those imbalances, high voltage is funneled off right through the moisture in the air, just to the ground. So, all that humidity in the summer, you never have those electric uh, shocks in the summer because the air is literally um, transferring all the imbalances to to um, uh, equilibrium where it's just not, you know, there's not a high voltage charge waiting for you to hit that light switch. Anyway, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Let's get with my best friends here, and let's start with uh, Pat. Hey, Pat, Scott Mosby, good afternoon. Welcome to KMWX. How can I help you? I have a very simple question. Yeah. 
Um, I'm a senior citizen, so I don't want to be taken care taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And I have a shower head that is giving me like the Chinese water torture. It is just <laughs> dripping, and I cannot yeah. get it to stop. Yeah, I don't know whether I need to replace the shower head and. Do I need to call a plumber? Is this a handyman job? I hmm. I don't How know what to do. The it's probably twenty years old. Okay, replace the shower head. Number one, um, Pat. What's happening? If you go to if you go to buy a shower head, you will find that the new shower heads have all these little bitty rubber uh, bumps on them, um, little sprayer nipples, and I have one of those, and the shower head's about four inches in diameter, and it's got all these little rubber nip. There is very little chrome on the face of that shower head, and uh, just the other, it starts dripping to where it seems like there's no water coming out of it anymore. It's all dripping down at the bottom. The new and improved, these rubber-faced shower heads, now you just run your hands across it. It knocks all of the lime and buildup out of those um, nozzles, you know, hundreds of little rubber nozzles. And all of a sudden my shower head works because I take my thumb and go across the face and it cleans it all out. The old uh, high quality and some of those shower heads, you know, that you may have could be $100 in their time. I mean, really good stuff, but they're all metal and they get gooked up with the lime and the buildup and pretty soon the water doesn't come out of those spritzer nozzles anymore and so anyway that's the long and the short of it and changing that shower head is pretty much almost anybody uh, from a handyman i don't think you need a plumber Uh, you might need to go to a good place to pick out a shower head you like where people can help you and say this is a good one it works great if you like a strong shower all that stuff Um, but a plumber can get you there too it's a little overkill for a skilled plumber Okay, so I just probably should just go pick out a shower head and then call a handyman guy. Yep, I think so. And and it may take some uh, if if the shower head doesn't come off easily or a friend if you have a, you know, a friend at church or somebody in your normal social circle, start asking around. People, you know, like to help. Uh, you know, I do that all the time. People say, "Well, who do I call to change my shower head?" It's like, "Well, call me. It's it'll take me 5 minutes and it'll take you 3 hours just to find somebody." <laughs> so they're well, people my, in your life. My shower head is kind of like what you described. It's probably not as large as what you described. This looks like it's about two and a half, maybe three inches, and it's got a whole bunch of the little oh. rubber doohickeys on it. Does it? But it well, does. That, before you do anything, uh, next time you're in the shower, take your okay. thumb or um you know or a squeegee or a plastic something or even a a, a heavy uh, comb with the backside and just rub it across those rubber nipples most of those get blocked up just like uh, the old ones do um and it might work but you'd be surprised and that's why so many of these uh zippy shower heads are coming with rubber faces on them is because they're so easily cleaned cleared from that mineral buildup, which, you know, no matter where you are in the country, you're getting it. That makes good sense. And I'm going to take your advice because I'm serious about the Chinese water torture. It's the master bathroom. And I go to bed and I hear it drip, drip, drip. And I can't have the faucets are turned off as tight as they can be. 
Yeah, no, no. And that sometimes it's your your shower may not leak. It may not be your faucets itself, but that shower head fills up with water, and if it's plugged up with a bunch of the mineral stuff, it just takes a long time for the water to drain out of the chamber up in that shower head sometimes. So, you know. All righty. Yeah, luxury We're going to give it a shot. I just didn't want to call a plumber and get charged, you know, $400 if I can call a handyman and, you know, get charged $50. And I'd rather, if you're picking out a shower head, there's a few things that just are really personal. You know, one is shoes, the second is shower heads. Nobody else can go fit, you know, say, okay, look at your shoe. I'm not going to measure you, but you're an eight. No, I'm not. I don't. How do you know? You know? So you have okay. to pick out your own shower head when it goes anyway. And I can do that. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful weekend. Thanks, Pat. You too. Bye now. Bye. And that's one of those things. It's like, well, um, where can I buy my shower head f- for the best price? Well, the one where you buy only one shower head is the right place because no matter how much you save on the first purchase, you blow it all away when it didn't work and you pick the wrong one and you buy a second shower head. So the value of getting to a really good wholesale supply house, and that's kind of what we talk about in the industry is to the trade, which means that supply house typically uh, talks to me who's in the trade or our plumber who's in the trade, sells direct to knowledgeable people. But when we send our customers there, those people work with our customers and guide them through, well, tell me about your shower. Do you like a hard shower? Do you like a, you know, do you want music in the shower? Believe it or not, you know, uh, there are shower heads that, you know, Kohler has a shower head. You plunk a little Bluetooth speaker up inside of it. It's a good shower head and you get music out of your phone. Not my shtick, I will say, but, you know, you can get pretty much anything you want when you get really good experience advice. Anyway, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Stay tuned. We've got a second hour here on University of KMOX, the Home Improvement Show. I am so pleased to be with you. Thank you for joining me. I'll be right back. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Oh, yeah, back together, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Hour 2. Uh, stay tuned, 1 o'clock, your retirement professionals coming up after this show. 2 o'clock, the business of family business on through the KMOX day. Uh, we have phone lines open, 314-436-7900. Next up, my friend Marge. Hey, Marge, Scott Mosby here. How can I help you this fine day? Well, I want to know that I seem to be getting bats in the in the uh, chimney of the of the house. And I don't know how to get rid of them. How, what would I do to stop that to come in? Well, they're tough to get in and they're tough to get out because they're like mice. They come in little bitty holes. Uh, do you have any kind of a chimney cover or cap that has a screen around it at the top on the outside there, Marge? Yes, I do. Yeah, I, do have a chimney. I did have a guy come out and check the chimney and all that. But yeah. it doesn't seem to be working. Plus, we seem to be getting water in the chimney, which we thought was blocked. But we're still mm. getting the water and the bats. Yeah. Well, the bats get through little bitty holes. The problem with that 
and 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 there's a risk with this because so you know getting the carbon monoxide the smoke out of your chimney that's a big deal that keeps you and me alive uh so then you put a big mesh on that keeps the critters uh number 1 is they get through the holes of that big mesh so now you put a um bug screen up there to keep them from getting through that then it get an you get an ice storm and then the ice storm blocks your whole chimney and you don't have any exhaust and you wind up dying so you don't want to do that uh the ticket is put some sort of a perceived uh predator up there uh, if you had a hawk or an owl, uh, preferably just a little hawk, uh, you know, just a, a, some sort of a something. Uh, literally, I, I've seen people wire up rubber snakes on the top of their chimneys for that reason, uh, because they don't stick around long enough to find out if it's a, a live snake or a dead snake. Um, so uh, just be aware that it's hard to get rid of these bats. You will need a pest control company to do that. They typically know how to to seal off the top of the chimney for that kind of thing. But the issue then is uh, sometimes it's putting a predator appearance, you know, or, you know, invite your favorite neighborhood hawk to come and hang out at your house. They'll be well-fed for quite a while on those bats. <laughs> so they don't come in at all when they see the hawk. <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, frankly, they they know their dinner. And, uh, you know, so sometimes you have to move those around. You know, oftentimes people have these foam owls that you get at the hardware store and the homestead right. and you stick them around. You kind of have to move them around. Up at the top of your chimney, it's a little tough to do that. But, um, That's likewise, the problem right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you'll, you'll need somebody to get up there. But, you know, rubber snakes, uh, rubber snakes in the trees, hawks in the trees close by. Um, but uh, frankly, I like bats. Uh, bats are really good for keeping the mosquitoes away. I'd rather have bats than I would mosquitoes. Bats don't eat me. Mosquitoes do. Um, so I just want them to go find another place, but your chimney, you know, uh, animals go back to where they came from. So they're creatures of habit, just like humans are. So then once you get them out for that, see if that works. Yeah, go for it. You you bet. Take care. Bye now. All right. Bye-bye. And uh, I, I have uh, bats as well. We have a, a nice covered porch, and in the summertime, the mosquitoes love hanging out there. Well, you know, right at dusk, all of a sudden, the, the bats start hanging out there too. So I, you know, I sit down in my porch and I watch the bats go. Woof, woof, woof. You know, it's kind of a show. Well, then I notice these nighthawks. You know, these birds kind of flying away, just sit up in a tree, and all of a sudden, they'd swoop by the end of the porch. Like, oh, well, that's interesting. Why, why, are, why are they doing that about every five minutes? You know, they were trying to time it so that when the bat came out from underneath the porch, that nighthawk would bang, hit that uh, mat, that bat, and all of a sudden away we go. So anyway, it, it, Mother Nature has an interesting way of controlling uh, uh, overpopulation, whether it's humans or others. Uh, next up, let's see what's cooking here for my friend Pat. Hey, Pat, Scott Mosby, good afternoon. How can I help today? Hello, Pat, are you there? Whoops. Hello? Are, yeah, am I on, talking Pat, to you? Scott. Actually, yes, I'm not Pat. He never oh. asked my name. <laughs> oh, what is, your, what is your name, please? My name is Judine, and I have been listening to you forever. I sell real estate on the Illinois side, and I refer my customers to listen to your show. Oh, so you, you always have great advice, and I thank you for it. Well, thank but you. But today, Judy. I have a problem. Yeah. So I live in Granite City, and 
Granite City is kind of notorious for a high water table. I live in a ranch-style home with a drain tile system with two sump pumps, but all of a sudden, down one section of one of the basement walls, I have got water coming through the wall. And I feel like it's hydrostatic water pressure because if I put my hand on the wall, even more water comes through. So I I kind of eliminated that there were any pipes or anything that were leaking. So what is going on? Uh, Probably exactly what you're describing. Hydrostatic, we've had a lot of rain. The water table is high. Granite City is known for that as well because of the soil type you have. Uh, so it's pretty common. I think you've got it dialed, frankly. And, and being in the real estate industry, you're exposed to more of these than most. You tend to be smarter than the average bear. So I, I think you're probably correct on analyzing this. Um, you can either wait until the water table drops from a drought, and that'll fix it. Uh, or you basically get this taken care of. And what typically happens is they put up uh, uh, what we call in the industry FRP, fibered reinforced panel, which we use in, you know, uh, kitchens and bathrooms, commercial places that have to be really clean. But it's basically they panel the uh, inside of your foundation, drains the water down to the bottom uh, with uh, drain tile. So you may have effective drain tile, but you may need to install this collection method or just leave it alone and deal with it, you know, wait till it dries out. But it's it's not... Okay, well, this is the first time that this is... So I'm living in what was my mother's home, and this is the first time that this has happened in 35 years. So... But I also know that I heard, had a home inspector say one time that there were two kinds of basements, those that leak and those that <laughs> will leak sometime in the future. And so I just look at a basement as a potential for water intrusion at some point. Yeah. And, and it, does, it, does it affect negatively your life? Well, other than having to clean up the water right now, no, not really. It's, yeah. in an unfinished, it's been an unfinished basement. So, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it literally just started. I came downstairs yeah. yesterday to water on the floor and could not figure out where the water was coming from. And it went with a flashlight looking to see if I had a pipe or something that was yeah. leaking. And when I realized that it was none of that, then when I put my hand on the wall and the water was like more, like the more yeah. you waved your hand across it, the more water was coming in. Yeah. That's when I decided that that had to be what it was. Yeah, well, when when before you touch that wall, there's what's called surface adhesion. There's dust all over floating on that water. As soon as you touch it, you poked a hole in that dirty surface of water, and it you know so you poked a hole in the wall f- uh, water, if you will. So that's how it happened. But I, I would leave it alone. I mean, for a while. Dry, I mean, the dry lock or something on that one. I mean, yeah. it is literally in a six foot section of the wall like six feet across the wall that's the only place that it's coming through yeah Uh, your dry lock suggestion is uh is job a but i would i would paint it corner to corner so that it looks like somebody wanted their wall painted and you know because that you paint six foot section you know as a real estate agent you're going to get 100 questions about that one well, as a real estate agent, when you disclose, you better disclose everything yeah. that you know anyway. So, 
Good point, but I, I like your dry lock uh, idea. Make sure you clean that concrete first um, when it's dry. It doesn't have to be perfectly dry, but dust it off, hit it with a wire brush. I use a real stiff bristle push broom like for a patio, and I just brush it off to make sure that I'm not painting dirt. I want that dry lock to stick and interact chemically with the concrete, not the dust. So really knock that off. Even vacuum the wall maybe uh, and then get at it with dry lock. And dry lock is heavy as the dickens. It's like painting sand on the wall. So you'll you'll be sore, you know, stem to stern top, you know, both shoulders and your well, back. Well, that, that might be, well, maybe I'll hire somebody to do that. There you go. It's, it's, it's tougher than it looks. Well, listen, and again, I truly appreciate your show. You you are top-notch. That's all I can say. Thanks, Judine. Nice for nice talking to you, and call back again. And thank you for referring us to the new homeowners. I think, golly, I, I, that's one of the biggest services we have is demystifying this thing we now own. You know, can I just say one more thing just while sure. we're, we're talking? Because I, I really have this question as to why the... Um, carbon monoxide detectors are put with with the smoke detectors that mm-hmm. you buy because when people tell me, oh, I'm just going to get the, I'm just going to get the combination. I go, but the combination usually gets put on the ceiling, and really, carbon monoxide is a low lying gas, and it would take it a lot longer. I and I always suggest to my people to get the plug in because I heard you say that one time. Yeah. And I still wonder why these companies make these when it would take a long time for carbon monoxide to get to your ceiling, would it not? Yes, but uh, again, we're talking about retail sales. Something is better than nothing. So convenience is probably going to install twice as many something. So just getting somebody to put a smoke detector up is you know tough tougher than it sounds and then then only 10 percent of them know what carbon monoxide is even though it's illinois and it's required so you know but you're right uh the proper place for carbon monoxide is low electrical outlet close to the floor ideally not too far from i I have one in the basement it may go off more often than others i even have one in the garage just because you know so well, I, I just put that out there because that is something that I tell all of my clients. And, yeah. when, and when they're putting them in for the potential new homeowner, I just said, please, just get something that, that can be plugged in and left for them. Yeah, so, and they only last I, you know, about five just, years. They, they have a life. They die. Right. So as carbon monoxide and smoke, smoke diet, detectors are about I have one the night. Yeah. Oh, always, of course. <laughs> Murphy's Law. Well, and then I wasn't sure if I had carbon monoxide in the house or if it was just a broken carbon monoxide detector. So yeah. I packed up my dog back when Walmart was open all night and went and got a new one, and oh, and that was what the problem was. It had gone out. Yeah. So anyway, wow. but thank you, Scott, for all you do. All right, Judine, right back at you then. Thank you. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. The reason KMOX has this show, there it is right there, folks. We're trying to keep you alive. And the more we can explain about carbon monoxide, carbon monoxide detectors, opening the windows, you know, backdrafting uh, forced air furnaces that don't have enough, all that stuff helps improve your comfort, your safety, and therefore your independence. Because what if you've got a little bit of carbon monoxide, not enough to give you a headache, Not enough to make you sick, but just persistent, low-level carbon monoxide. 
not good. Hypoxia. Yeah, not enough oxygen in the blood. Bad mojo. Anyway, Scott Mosby Home Improvement. We'll take a pause. I'll come right back after this on KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, back together. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. About 20 more minutes till we go up to uh, news, weather, and sports. And then your retirement professionals, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock here on KMOX Business of family business scott mosby here at the helm enjoying our cruise today down the mighty mississippi i'm enjoying this time today let's uh, see what's happening with my friend alan hey alan good afternoon welcome cam wax how can i help sir yeah hi scott uh hi. yeah thanks for taking my call yes sir um <laughs> i guess a uh, air quality problem of a different sort um just, i've gotten bold enough to replace a bath fan but I'm not sure how to vent it correctly. I looked around the internet, like many DIYers do, and just haven't found uh, something that reflects like codes and everybody should and thou shalt and all those all that other stuff. I haven't found out the right what the correct way is to vent. Does it have to go? Does it have to go to the soffit? Does it have to go to the roof? Does is it okay to tie it in with a parallel bath fan right next right next to it? What's the guidance there? Okay, you're putting in a bathroom vent fan then? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Um, technically, uh, the quickest route outside of the thermal envelope, which means the insulated part of your house. So usually the quickest right. route is right out the sidewall of the house. Well, you know, then you run into soffits. Uh, technically, you want to take it straight up through the roof to the top. And here's why. Because if you have a properly vented attic, your soffit intakes will inhale that air. So if you blow your vent out through the soffit, technically a properly vented attic would exhale at the top through a ridge vent or pan vents or whatever's up there. Certainly on a, you know, even on a cloudy day like today, we've got some good solar heat cooking up in your attic. Your attic will still be pretty warm today. So it inhales from that overhang near that area. That being said, I still trump back to the closest path outside the thermal envelope. So if I've got three or four feet to get to the outside wall and drop through a soffit on the first on a ranch house, I'll probably do that to get it outside and make sure you take that pipe and slope it toward the exterior. So you come in through your, you know, your bath vent, you go up above the insular, you know, maybe about four, five, six, eight inches, and then slope it down because that air, warm, moist air, will condense on the way out. As it gets cooler, the further away from that bath fan it gets, the more it's going to become water instead of water vapor. And that's why sometimes when it's eight feet straight up to a roof, you know, I'd rather go three or four feet horizontal than uh, technically do the vent exhaust correctly, which means straight up. And the other side is when you go six feet, eight feet, whatever, you need to insulate all of that duct, and it needs to be galvanized steel for fire compliance. Otherwise, you've got a blast furnace that's blowing air into a, a fire situation. That's why it's galvanized steel ductwork, not aluminum, not that shiny stuff, and God forbid, not that plastic uh, flexible stuff. Okay. So that's uh, so right. typically, uh, and think of it, just assume that two feet past that bath vent, everything coming out of that is going to be dripping water. And then you'll think about gotcha. it the right way. Seal all the joints with the, you know, the foil tape and 
assume it's going to leak and insulate the outside of that pipe with some flex duct, like four, five, six inch flex duct, something like that, to keep it warm as long as possible. How's that? That sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. That's what we call Stay a stop. Right Asked a short question, got a long answer. <laughs> so I've always called it a dad, a dad answer, but yeah, that works too. Same thing. Yeah, I'm guilty as charged on both accounts. Take care. Thanks Fair for enough. the call. All right, Alan. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosiak. Maybe I enjoy myself just a little bit more than I should here on KMOX. But, you know, I guess, you know, it is what it is. Uh, next up, let's talk with Joan. Hey, Joan, Scott Mosby. Uh, how can I help you today on this fine day? Um, I have uh, told my daughter about a company that you told me about that carries a lot of uh, uh, plumbing parts that if you can't find it anyplace else, this place would have it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Genesco. I'm that's not window sure. parts. Yes, it is, and that's window parts, not plumbing. Oh, just window parts. Yes. She needs yes. plumbing parts. Where can you find this? Um, she has um, an ingress window, and the, it leaked around it or, or something. It froze during this, the first freeze that we had, and it, you know, it caused a problem. They want to tear out the uh, uh, finished ceiling in her, in her rec room where this happened. And I said, well, maybe this uh, this place would have it, and you you could uh, you know get that part. He said that's what the the plumber said he couldn't find the part. So I told her that you know I I thought it was Genesco, and she tried to find it, couldn't find it. So I was just you know wondering if Genesco is only uh, window parts and not yeah. plumbing parts. Is there a place that has plumbing parts? Wow. Um... Yes, there was. I don't know that they're still around. Um, and uh, now, what what exactly are you looking for? I'm confused on um, uh, what. Exactly. I don't know some type of, a, of some type of a fitting because you know it it leaked, it froze, and and oh, was, oh she had a terrible mess. Her house is only twenty years old, and I said well, I can't understand why they put something on there that's so old, an old place, and then they were going to discontinue it. Yeah. yeah so I'm does that sure make you... sense? <laughs> Well, frankly, it doesn't. Uh, new houses are built so rapidly that, you know, one little miss by the tradesman at that point um, may expose a pipe to, you know, more cold than it should or whatever. So typically, if it's 20 years old, uh, my apologies, but I think you're going to have to pull it out and let the plumber do whatever they're doing, frankly. <laughs> yeah, that's what she's afraid of. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought, well, I'd try one more time to get the name of the place. I thought I had the name of the place wrong. Oh, no, you had the name of the place right. It, it was a window company, and, and the, the problem is that those parts were only 3 $4, and then they had to start charging 13 or 14 you know, because they couldn't make any money on these old parts, and people were only willing to pay so much. Well, it's, you know, when you start tearing things out of your bathroom, it doesn't matter whether that, you know, $3 part is $40 or not, if it saves you 500 or 5000 So. That that's uh-huh. the basis on which I uh, why I like to promote uh, Genesco because they had those old parts. I forget who um, some some of these guys were old plumbing supply houses that just kept the old stock and and the new companies when they bought their company bought them out they just didn't want any of that old stock so I don't know where to send you now for old plumbing parts maybe somebody can help us here. Uh huh. You know maybe we'll okay. Get some well, phone thank calls. you anyway. All right. Happy hunting. <laughs> I'm not doing the hunting. She is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take care. I just said I'd make the phone call. <laughs> well, good.
Good enough. You got everybody does their part, you know. Uh, Thanks, Joan. Bye. <laughs> All right, let's take a short pause. I'll be back for more after this. Uh, hold the line, Valerie. We're going to take you right when I come back from this break here on University of KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, sir. Back together. Home improvement. Stay tuned uh, after news, weather, and sports top of the hour. Uh, next up is going to be your retirement professionals. Two o'clock, the business of family business. Right now, the business is the home improvement show. Scott Mosby at your service. Next up on the phone line, my old friend, Valerie. Valerie, how can I help mm-hmm. you this fine afternoon? What's happening? Well, thank you for taking my call. And I have a, a question about uh, tub glazing uh, bathtubs reglazing we have a area that was um, hit with like a glass object a heavy candle in our tub and I think it's the original tub so it's very heavy older tub but not claw tube type tub yeah so and 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 it's rusted around the drain and my husband's been putting like some kind of a coating over it to keep it you know somewhat contained but we were looking at trying to replace and boil boy because I don't even know that we could get a tub in, a new tub. And so I wanted your thoughts on reglazing these old tubs and where would you, what, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, is it your primary bathtub that you use every day or is it a guest bath, second bath? It's a second bathroom. Um it's not off the master bedroom and it's in the hallway, but it's the only tub in the house. Um, perfect, perfect for reglazing because it's okay. uh, it basically it's repainting your car. Uh, so reglazing is a real high tech um, epoxy um, uh, coating that goes over this porcelain, which is glass. It sounds like you have a heavy cast iron tub, which I love, you know, those old big deep, cast iron tubs are yeah they're 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 you know if you go to buy that same tub today it's a seventeen eighteen hundred dollar tub purchase just the tub you know that's how <laughs> quality they are they're they're a piece of work so uh once you get a cast iron tub if it's a steel tub and you knock on it and it sounds hollow and you know then you know those are those are okay I, I don't mind changing those out but a cast iron man they're just nice piece of work i would suggest that you do get this um, reglazed. Um, take you have to take everything out of your bathroom because it's a spray booth painting job they're going to do on this bathtub and a lot of surface prep. Cut out the caulk. Um, do you have tile around the tub? Yes, and we have taken the because the, the it had tile around the tub and then across the uh, wall over to the sink and I, we've taken that up to the tub off so we're at a a point where we have to kind of make a decision like are we going to take it all out and it just my husband is a little worried about taking that tub out just for a lot of reasons the replacement and what you get today is not that great maybe i don't know so i with your husband 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, for all the same reasons, like, well, you're going to spend a whole bunch of money to get a tub just like what you have. And, and if it's, you know, and you can wear out that paint. So the significance of how often this tub is used or not is very important. So a reglazed guest bath tub, it'll last you 10 years. And it's a cast iron tub. I might suggest you get a new what's called trip and drain so that what you pull the drain out. You might need a plumber to do this. The reglazer guys typically don't do this. But you pull the drain out so that the re, the reglazing guys can spray around that rusty part by the drain. Okay. Kind of what your husband yeah. was messing with. So you might need a plumber to take that out, maybe replace the faucets. If, if you're going to get a plumber in for yeah. that, you might as well have him do something else as well. Um, have it reglazed and then have the plumber come in and put the thing back together. It'll be a fraction of changing that tub uh, because once you start changing the tub, you know, that's a full bathroom remodel basically with Mosby. You start pulling out that much stuff, holy smokes, you might as well do the bathroom. Okay, okay. And then, and that's the, the, the problem. The other question, I know this has come up on your show before. Because I thought, well, could we just switch it to a shower? But I think if you go to resell, people still want a, a bath at some point, somewhere in the house. Like, this not, is a ranch. In... Not so. Not so. Okay. If you want a shower, you can change it, but that's a full bathroom remodel. Uh, and now As would well. be the time to do that. Okay. And and not ha- it's okay not to have a bath in the yep. Yep. A tub? Okay. Yep. I got to go now. I'm sorry to cut All you right. off here. Yep. Take care. See you later, Valerie. Uh Next up, uh, your retirement professionals. 